Running a home takes a lot of energy. So at Energy Australia, we've created the Total Energy Plan. An energy plan that, yes, ticks the boxes. Get a discount off your total energy bill, guaranteed. No lock-in contracts and fixed rates for 12 months. Find out how you can save with our Total Energy Plan. Energy Australia. Light the way. Conditions apply. To view basic plan information documents, visit energyaustralia.com.au. Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast. This episode is Helpline with Mothercraft nurse extraordinaire Chris Minogue. If she can't help you, nobody can. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Hello and welcome to the very first helpline on Feed, Play, Love with Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue for 2019. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Hello, Chris. How Hello. Are you? I'm very well, thanks. Did you have a nice break? I had a great break. Yes. It was very relaxing. I had an awesome break too, but we are back on air, uh, or I should say you're listening to us now after our break, our wonderful break, because I haven't had any problems with, or challenges, I should say, with my children over the break, apart from them fighting every minute. But that may not be the case for you. Of course, Chris Minogue is here to help you with whatever challenges you're facing that might be um, children fighting, uh, (laughs) or it could be things about breastfeeding, sleeping, settling. Uh, Chris has experience for over 30 years and she's here to answer your questions um, and just basically tweaking things for your family. So there's a number of ways you can get in touch and ask Chris your questions. The first way, uh, if you're watching us through Facebook, you can pop your question below and we will get to your comment. You can also email us at helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. That email address again is helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. Or you can call us on our helpline hotline, which is one 800 Just two weeks break and I've forgotten the phone number. But that's you can call that number, which is exactly what Fiona has done. She's on the phone and she has a question about her 13-month-old. Hi, Fiona. How are you? Hi. Good, thank you. How are you, lady? Good. Welcome back. Thank you. I'm glad you're back, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I um, I rang, like, uh, would have been at the end of last year, just about my little one's sleep routine. And I've now just noticed he's 13 and a half months that I'm seeing a bit of movement, like I'm seeing a bit of resistance going down in the morning, you know, taking half an hour to go to bed, then sleeping for an hour. And I'm like, I think I need to start, right? Yeah. Start thinking about the one sleeping the day. Yes. And transitioning him. Throw some other thing in the mix for you to help me out is we're moving house because we're renovating, so we're moving house and long, on the long weekend. Right. And I'm just really worried that all this is going to fall him. apart. Yes, and I don't <laughs> no. want it to fall apart. If we do it nice and slowly, I think it'll be fine. Okay. okay. So, so you've got is... two weeks till you move. Yes. So and do I do it before or after is my question. Do you know, I, I would start the process beforehand. Okay. And then Good. I would actually just start him on the one sleep once you've moved house. Okay. Okay. Right. So yeah. when I realised that the baby's ready to move through to the one sleep, and, and that is around 14 months, so he's showing yeah. all the signs in that there's a change within his sleep. And it could be anything from not sleeping long enough to waking up earlier to waking up for two hours in the middle of the night and reciting poetry to you. Yeah, well, he <laughs> sings in the, like he just sings in the cot. Like he's not crying. Yeah, he's happy as a lamb. Yeah, that's right. Okay, mate. <laughs> so what I start to do is you want to decrease your morning sleep mm. and yeah. you want to lighten it. So yes. how long does he sleep for you in the morning sleep? 
So he used to sleep for about an hour and a half. Yep. Um, and you know what? Some days he does, some days he doesn't. So I'm guessing that's I get still a movement, yep. right? So like, you know, okay. today he didn't at mum's, but tomorrow he might because okay. he's at home. So let's regulate that morning sleep and let's keep yep. it down to about an hour for a week. Okay, yep, an hour for a week, yep. And then keeping him up for about three to three and a half hours from that point. So if he's going down at nine, getting up at 10 most days, then you're putting him down between one and one thirty. Yes, okay. If he's yep. getting up around three, three thirty you might want to start putting him to bed between seven and quarter past seven. So okay, there's so, all these yep. tiny little oh, little yep, movements, okay? okay. Yep. Right. Once he's done that for about a week, if everything settles down and he starts sleeping really well and stops singing to you, then yep. you might just hold him on that until you see the next movement in his sleep, okay? okay? And yep. that might be after you've done the move. But mm. once you've seen the next movement, you want to take that morning sleep and you want to make it a 40-minute um, what I call an incidental sleep. So yeah. it's in the car or the pram. Yeah. Okay. okay. And that will... At the same time as like when it's... Like in the same window goes... between yeah, 9 okay. and 10. So you might yeah. put him in the car because you're driving to swimming lessons and he sleeps yeah. for 20 minutes while you drive okay. to swimming lessons. Yeah. Okay. That's going to bring the afternoon sleep up a little bit. So you're going to bring yeah. the afternoon sleep up to 12.30, still putting him down at about 7. Yeah. Okay. If you see more movement, then you're going to drop the 40-minute sleep to a 20-minute sleep. Mm-hmm. And then once you see more movement again, which in this process is usually about every week. Yeah, I was going to say, how long is the... Roughly, it'll yeah. it'll be about every week if we've got the timing right. All right, yep. And then we're doing the final one where we push him into the one sleep. Now, to do that, you need a few days where he's at yeah. home in the morning okay. and he doesn't get put in a car or a pram. Yep. And you're going to put him, give him his lunch at 11 and put him down at 11.30. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully he'll sleep for about two to two and a half hours for you. Okay. If he sleeps less than two hours for you, yes. then he wasn't ready for one sleep and you go huh. back one step because you'll okay. get him overtired too quickly. Yep. Okay, great. So okay. go back to the 20 minute yeah. accidental, yep, and then work from there. That's right. So, and if yep. they were on three milk feeds at that point, yes. they drop yes. to two because I have one in the morning, one in the afternoon, and they drop, drop. oh, sorry, one in the morning, one in the evening, one at night, yep. and they drop the afternoon one or the okay. lunchtime. And how, how much milk are they having? At the two, like is it a full bottle? In the bottle? Uh, yeah. It should be about a 150, 180 in the morning and about a yeah. 240 in the afternoon. Oh, 240 at night, okay. Yep. yep. And then there's cool. subtle little changes at 16 months and 18 months, but yep. Fiona can always give us a call. Back. I'll just call you back. Yeah, that's much easier. <laughs> yeah. My, my quick one, Definitely. yeah, because it's so easy. And is, how long, once he's down to one sleep, yes. how much time between awake? So he normally wakes about between 6 and 6.30. How much is it? The awake time is at five. Um, it's more the timing in the day. So okay. if he's waking up between six and six thirty, I put him yep. down around eleven thirty. Yeah. If he did for some reason wake up at seven thirty, I'd probably put him down at twelve. Oh, okay. And is yep. it is there, so? There's no like five hours between. It's not as defined not as what as it defined. is when okay. he's younger. It's more the time of the day. So then it'll move out to twelve o'clock, and then it'll move out to twelve thirty. And then still bedtime is around seven seven thirty. That's right. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah, he's using up lots more energy for much longer during the day. Yeah. Excellent. All right. So now I can maybe can start. Now, do I need to kind of be home to do these, like the, you know, those one week at a time hour or just wake him up and just kind of. Just wake him up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just Just wake him up wherever he is. If he's at mum's place, just ask her to wake him up after an hour. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Right. And even what if he goes down at 9.30, but then stays in his cot for a bit. Yeah. But then, you know, plays, you know. Still get him up at 10.30. Still get him up at Yeah, because that's his hour. way of saying I'm not, I don't need that much sleep. 
Okay, great. So if yeah. he goes out at nine thirty, he just gets up at ten thirty. Yeah, yeah, that's how much right. Sleep he's had, and yeah. too bad, so sad, mate. That's right. <laughs> Chris, you are wonderful. I oh, thank you, Fiona, uh, for helping me with everything. And no doubt you'll hear from me again. So thank you. No so problem. Much. You're you're more than welcome. Make sure you call back. I will do. Thanks, Fiona. <laughs> Thanks, Fiona. Thank okay. you later. Bye. 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 Our next question comes from Bryony, who has an eight-month-old. She says, my baby likes to go to sleep at 8 p.m. He's on two-day naps and two naps a day, and I have difficulty finishing the first nap before 4 p.m. Oh. How can I gradually bring his bedtime earlier? Did I know? Hold on. I didn't read that right at all. My (laughs) eight-month-old baby likes to go to sleep. My excuse is I've had a great holiday. holiday yeah. Two be weeks of back not on thinking. track. <laughs> Sorry about that. My eight-month-old baby likes to go to sleep at eight p.m. Yes, that makes a big difference. He's on two naps a day, and I have difficulty finishing the first nap before. She must mean the second nap, right? Before yeah. four p.m. How can I gradually bring his bedtime earlier? I think the problem with this, Bryony, is I need to know when he does those two sleeps to work out how we can modify what he's sleeping to bring it earlier. But with an eight-month-old, technically, if he was getting up at four o'clock, because I assume he's getting up from his second nap at four o'clock, he should be ready to go down between that seven and 7.30. So I think it's probably the, the signals that he's getting about going to sleep and how much sleep he might be getting because he might be only getting a tiny little first sleep of the day and then he's getting a really big sleep at the end of the day. So overall at eight months, he probably is having about three and a half hours of sleep in the day. So if he's having three and a half hours of sleep in the day um, and getting up at four o'clock, I think the easiest way to look at this is just start putting him to bed about 15 minutes earlier each night till you get it back to a reasonable window somewhere between the seven and the 7.30 window. And that should bring it a little bit earlier for you. But um, if he's taking a really big sleep, we might even have to decrease that that afternoon sleep a little bit. So if that's a bit confusing, if you could send me a message with the sleep frames in it, I can get back to you about how to move it backwards. Okay. The more detail, the better. I know it sounds, when you're writing it out, you might be feeling like, oh, yeah. there's way too much information, but, but more it certainly information does help. is better than yeah. not enough. Yeah. Um, so we have a question now from Hayley. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to train my almost three-year-old. He'll be three on Tuesday. Um, For the last three weeks, he's just been continually wetting himself with only some um, in the toilet each day, for which I praise him. He comes to tell me that he's wet. I ask him all day, every half hour. He was showing signs of wanting to go to the toilet and uses a stepladder to get to it. Will it just eventually click? It's a little frustrating. Um, He's also recently given up the dummy. Oh, he's turned into a big boy. I think what we would do here is just go one step one back. So it might have been just too much too quick for him if he's just in little underwear and he hasn't quite got the idea of when to go to the toilet and what it feels like to go to the toilet. So I would take one step back, Haley, and I might put little pull-ups on him to give him the idea of underwear. And I would toilet time him and I'd stop um, asking him every 15 minutes or 20 minutes or half an hour if he wants to go to the toilet. So in your mind, what I would do is start by saying to him something like, I'm going to help you do the toilet training, but we're going to use little um, pull-ups to help us get there. 
So that sort of gives him the idea that we're going to go back one step. Then I would toilet time him. So mid-morning before you go out to the park, I'd say, let's try for a wee now. I'd take him in and sit there just for a minute or two, not very long, and we're not trying to do the wee, but we're giving him the idea of the frequency of going to the toilet. Then I might do it around lunchtime, mid-afternoon, before he has a bath, and maybe before he goes to bed. And in between those times, I would not talk about toileting unless he said, I need to do a wee-wee, and then I'd just take him off to the toilet. I'd reset, and that's called toilet timing, and that gives him an idea of what his body feels like when it needs to go to the toilet. Now, if you start getting two to three wees a day in the toilet, then he's ready for toilet training, which is a week of being a bit closer to home, putting little underwear, maybe underwear in a singlet, it's a beautiful time of year to be doing toilet training. And then you only do gentle reminders. We're going to the park, would you like to try for a wee? And if he says yes, then off we go to the toilet. If he says no, you say, that's okay, there's a toilet where we're going. If you need to do a wee, we'll go. So I think I would stop asking him because he doesn't know what he needs at the moment and go back one step and do some toilet timing and then go forward. And I think you'll be surprised at how fast he'll go forward from that point. Good luck, Hayley. Um, we have another Hayley. Perfect. An actual three-year-old. That's a difference. <laughs> uh, my son is three and he headbangs in frustration, scratches behind his ears when he's not getting what he wants. Um, oh. and I'm, at, I'm at a wit's end of what to do. I've tried saying no. I've tried time out. Just so fr- frustrated because I hate seeing him hurting himself. I've, t- I've tried distraction also. What okay. do I do? I think this is a really tough one because he's physically frustrated and he's taken it out on himself. So there's two things is that you now know he does that behaviour. So you might need to set him up when you're going to say no. So say he wants a biscuit and you're about to say no, it's dinner time. And you know then he's going to fall into that pattern of head banging or scratching. So I would know that I'm about to say no about the biscuit, so I'd try to distract with something else. So I might say something like, well, we're not going to have a biscuit now, but can you come and help me build uh, a Lego tower? And just distract him out of that behaviour. I know that's not easy and that takes a lot of your time up, but he's not sure what to do, so he goes into this frustrated behaviour. If you don't get a lot of traction with that and it doesn't start to settle down, you might need to speak to someone like, um, not necessarily a child psychologist, but maybe even a developmental paediatrician who can look at ways of teaching you or teaching him out of that behaviour. So to me, it looks like frustration because it only happens when something's not happening for him Um, and what you have to do is preempt that and it takes a lot of conscious thought to do this to set him up for it the interesting thing would be does he do this in his social setting so if he maybe goes off to daycare and they say no to him at daycare does he do that same behavior so if he did the same behavior in the social setting I might want to go and talk to um, someone with a bit more professional knowledge around this type of behavior like a developmental pediatrician Um, or a um, child psychologist, but I suspect it's just reteaching him and distracting him out of that behaviour that will fix it. Good luck. It sounds challenging. Such a little one going off like that. Um, Katie has a question. How do you get a toddler to eat at dinner time? I bet lots of people want to know this. He eats great in the day, but dinner time feels like a fight. We usually try to tell him 
to at least try each of the things on his plate, but he will just have a meltdown. And if he does try it, he will gag until he spits it out. <laughs> Any tips for dinner time? Thank uh, you. I think there's loads of parents out there trying to answer this question, Katie. But the things that we look at is how much volume of food has he eaten all day? So is he the snacker? You know, he's constantly on the snack attack. Um, or does he have a low appetite? Like he doesn't eat very much at all during the day. So then when he's presented with food that doesn't feel familiar to him, he really struggles with that. The other thing I look at is the social setting. So is someone sitting down with him? Is it food that is familiar? And making sure that the sizing is right. So we would only put a tiny little bit of the new food down on his plate. And he might be a child that only needs little bits of food on the plate. And once he's eaten it, then he might engage again. So the basis are that we look at the timing. So he would need, obviously, lunch, breakfast, lunch and dinner. We might reduce or um, change the type of snack if he's having it. We would look at timing. So he's, th- we don't know, he's a, a toddler. toddler. Mm. So um, he would probably be having dinner around five o'clock. I probably would be giving him a snack no later than 2.30 because it might be interfering. And lots of people are confused as to what a snack is. Some people think it's half a tub of yogurt and a banana, which is like a full-on meal to a child. Whereas if he was having problems with his eating, I might only give him a, you know, a few strawberries cut up and then sit down with him at dinner time and don't put very much pressure on him. So I might even have a fork and I'm, I'm having a taste off his plate and he's having a taste off his, you know, of his food. I have to say that Dr. Jen Cohen, who I think we've yes. had on here, yeah, has been. some really brilliant stuff on her website about fussy eaters. So she might give you a few more guidelines, but I'd be looking at the timing, um, how much he's eating in the day and the frequency of the food and decreasing, then looking at sitting down and engaging him in the meal and see if he get um, him to engage with food. But I have to say, three-year-olds are tricky with food. They are not the easiest <laughs> with food. So it's it's like a long-term plan we're setting up here, not a short-term solution. Yep. So. And Jennifer Cohen is also known as a fussy eating doctor. So if yeah, that's, that's not right. a recommendation. So that if you look for fussy Then she realised she had one. <laughs> fussy eating doctor, if you Google that, you'll find her website. And yep. I, I believe she's got an online course as well for yeah, it's fussy very good. eaters. She's got a book you can download straight off her website about fussy eaters. And because not a lot of children are fussy eaters, Eaters, they, it's the sequence and the timing. So it helps you to define where your child sits in that. We'll be back with more Helpline and Chris Minogue right after this. Renee says, I have a 15-month-old daughter who has never slept great since the day she was born. Oh. She wakes a lot screaming in the night and won't oh. sleep unless she's with me or my husband in bed. She still has two sleeps through the day, trying yeah. to figure out a transition to one sleep. If they do this, will that help with overnight sleep? At 15 months, I think if we could get her to a reasonable one sleep in the day, it would definitely help your nights. Um, That's one part of it. And the other part is the message, because this has been going on for 15 months. Everybody in this house is probably tired. So she gets a slightly different message. So she might go down well at night, but then anything that happens overnight, it might change between a cuddle and being brought to your bed. So I think it's worth at least looking at moving her to one sleep. 
because overall that would help the problem. But we don't want her overtired in the day and then at the cost of what you are getting at night. So I do a slow transition to one sleep. So again, if she's having two sleeps in the day, we're not sure how long they are, but a short morning sleep of about 20 to 40 minutes, then putting it down in the afternoon. If you see lengthening of the afternoon sleep, then we know it will have a good impact on your nights. But if you get a same small sleep in the afternoon, then she's going to be too overtired by the end of the day to correct the night behaviour. So the first thing I would do um, is look at um, uh, moving to one sleep. And I just explained it to another um another question earlier on. So if you are listening to this as a podcast, you will hear the sequence of how to reduce down to one sleep and then give it a few nights and see if it improves your nights. If it doesn't improve your nights, then I think you have to tackle the nights as a night problem. And and then you might have to give us a few ideas on how you get her to sleep and then we can modify that to tell you how to get her to sleep through the night. So this is like two-prong approach. Try the one sleep in the day and then if that doesn't work, if you give us a call back or if you send another email in, I'll be able to modify what you're doing to help you get her to sleep more comfortably at night. And Renee, if you've um, put your question on Facebook, you can add to that now yeah. and we'll come back to it this um, episode. If you can tell us what she sleeps in the day, that would be easier for me to work out. And in terms of um, listening back, if you are joining us via Facebook, this will be podcast on Monday morning at 6am. You just need to search for Feed, Play, Love wherever you get your podcasts. And this is called Helpline. We'll be releasing our episodes every Monday after we record on Friday. So hopefully that helps, Renee. Please feel free to jump back on Facebook if this is how the question has come to us. We'll go on to this question from Chrissy, who has a four-year-old. My four-year-old goes to sleep in his own bed every evening, but at some point in the night, he wakes up and hops in bed with my husband and I. We don't usually notice until the morning, but then our sleep is already ruined. What can we do to make sure he stays in his bed all night? Right. I love the quiet creepers that just come into bed <laughs> and you don't realise it till they're sound asleep in the, you know, vertical position across or the horizontal position across the bed. In your mouth as yeah. said yeah. up that A foot on the head, yes. Um, so in this one, if, if you could stay, if, if you could be aware that he's walking into the room, then I would say I would just get up and gently walk him back to his room, stay with him a few minutes, reassure him and let him go back to sleep in his own bed. The point is you need to be aware that he's getting in the bed because this little fellow's really mastered getting in the bed without disturbing anybody. So I think with this one, you need to be a little bit conscious that he's there. Um, Put bells on his toes. Yeah, or bell on the door, (laughs) like just one little bell that you hear this very vague ting and then you know he's up. So the idea would ideally be to interrupt him before he got in the bed. Once he's in the bed, I think it's going to be very difficult to get him back to his bed from the position of being asleep in your bed. So um, the other alternative is buy a much bigger bed so that you're all very comfortable in the bed. But this is a very typical problem. The other one I would try is try talking to him about it gently before he goes to bed by saying, look, you know, you're such a good boy for going to sleep at night, but it'd be really good if you stayed in your bed. Even if you woke mummy and I came back and gave you a cuddle and put you back into a bed. 
And then very, very subtly, when he has the ability or he has slept in his bed all night or he's gone back to bed and he slept the rest of the night, just give him a little bit of praise the next day before he even asks for it. You know, I'm so proud of you. You went back to your bed last night. That's so good. Give me a high five. He doesn't need chocolate for bribery. He just needs lots of praise for it. But the trick to this one is actually getting him before you get in, he gets into your bed. So even if you vaguely feel him in your sleep, um, sort of inching over the top of you as he gets into his comfy position, it might be at that point that you have to say, look, mate, we need to go back to our bed, but mummy will come back or daddy will come back with you for a few minutes and lay with you. No, don't lay with him, sorry, um, <laughs> and be with you um, to get him back into his own bed. I think this is just a bit of consistency, but obviously we're so tired we don't even notice he's in the bed. Yeah. That's mm. the tricky one with this one. So, yeah, walk him back to his bed and see how that would work. Okay. Uh, Mark asks, um, are night terrors real? Yes, they yes. are. <laughs> uh, my 14-month-old has a big two-hour sleep during the day. No problem. However, at night he wakes up screaming. It's not until we go and settle by patting or shushing that he calms. Do you have any tips? That does sound like night waking as opposed to a night terror because mm. when you go in, he's accepting of you um, being able to put pat and shush him, which is a bit unlike a night terror. They are done more distressed for much longer. So I think this is just a bit of normal night, um, uh, night waking. And I think what I would do at his age, because 14-month-olds can really give it a good go at staying awake and crying for really long periods of time. So I would leave him for a few minutes, go in for a few minutes, shush and pat him until he's nice and calm and quiet, and then leave. And you might have to do this a few times of going backwards and forwards, but in the end, it's probably what will fix it. So just a little bit of self-settling, going in, giving some reassurance, leaving, then going backwards and forwards. But it doesn't sound like night terrors. It sounds like just normal baby waking at night. Okay. Yeah. Good luck, Which is Mark. better. Yeah, that is. Which much better. You may not believe it, but, but it, it is. is Look up night terrors and you'll be relieved. Um, we have some more information from Renee who had the oh, 15 okay. month old. Yep. Um, she says normally she goes down around 10 a.m. and sleeps for up to two hours and has also been sleeping for anywhere between one to two hours in the afternoon, sometimes sleeping till 5 p.m. Okay. She then has dinner, then bottle at around 8 p.m. and falls asleep. Having um, that, then I put her to be- into bed. She could then wake up to six times through the night, sometimes just needing a dummy. Sometimes nothing works and- unless I get her out and bring her to me. I think she's just having uh, a little bit, well, the configuration of the sleep is a little bit too much. So if we subtly decrease the sleep in the day, which will bring you 8 p.m. more down to 7.30, then I think you're going to get a better night um, because the sleep is too late into the day and it's affecting her nights. So what I would do, what was the first one? Two hours at 10. So she must sleep from 10 till 12 and then she goes down for an hour or two in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. So she must go down at about three to do it. Um, Okay. So usually they're sleeping the other way. So she needs, she's 15 months old. I would keep the two hours in the morning and start to decrease that afternoon sleep down to an hour only, then decrease it down to the 40 minutes. And then when you get to the 40 minutes, you're going to have to push the 10 o'clock sleep out till 11 and you decrease the 40 minutes to 20 minutes is the reverse of the other baby. Mm -hmm. And you'll be putting her down at seven 
or 7.30, depending on how she's coping. And then you move that two-hour sleep out to 11 o'clock. And then what will happen is once it moves out to 11, she'd probably go to bed at 6.37 that night and that will have dropped her down to one sleep and that will keep fixing your night behaviour. And then from 11, you'll move it out to 11.30. So hopefully... And you just do that at each day? You do each of those increments? I probably do it as I see differences in her sleep. Okay. So she might sleep from 10 to 12 and then you drop down from 3 to 4 and she goes down at 7.30 and she sleeps much better at night. And then if that hasn't worked after two or three nights, then I drop down that one hour to the 40 minutes Mm -hmm. and then see how that goes, then drop it down to 20 minutes and then shift the other one out. So again, that's a little bit complicated to listen to and have written down. So it'll be in our podcast on Monday that you'll be able to hear it again and then maybe write down those steps that you need. Always need a pen and paper when speaking to Chris. Maybe I should say that at the top. If you have a question, question. make sure you have a pen and paper. Um, I think this is our last question, actually, for today. We've kind of run out of time. Artie um, has an eight-month-old, does not sleep more than two and a half hours at night. When he wakes up, he feeds a tiny bit and wants to be held or just starts playing in his crib. Tired mum ends up co-sleeping. How can I help him sleep longer at night? We sleep in the same room, him being in uh, the crib and me on the bed. Should I be leaving him alone in the room? Um, Artie, we need a bit more about what he's doing in the day to help. But generally sleeping, uh, speaking by eight months, I would be thinking about the benefits of putting him in his own room um, because you're not disturbing each other. So usually around eight months, they know you're over there. They even start pointing at you as if to say, come on, you need to do something. And the reverse is that you hear him. So you get up and you respond to him. So he doesn't get the chance to self-settle. So I think the answer about where his crib is is I definitely, because of the impact it's having on his nights, I would definitely be thinking that going into his own room might help that out. That would be the first thing I'd try before I would try anything. But I would need a little bit of detail about how much sleep he's getting in the day. Generally speaking, then, when you hear him at eight months, he doesn't really require a feed overnight if he's feeding well in the day and eating well for you. Three meals and three breastfeeds, good breastfeeds if he's, yes, he must be breastfed. So that would tick my boxes to think, okay, I can have a go at getting him to sleep better at night. Think about the room, you know, the dimness of the room. And then when he wakes up, I'd start giving him more comfort to go back to sleep instead of feeding to go back to sleep. So he might have a few minutes when it gets to that point where you feel you have to go in, you go in, you might give him a quick cuddle, lay him down, give him a pat, calm him down and then see if you can come out of the room. The benefit of him being in another room at this age is often when parents go to bed when the baby's still in their room from about six months, it disturbs their sleep and their frequency of waking is much more from the point of going in the room to the early morning. And so therefore it almost sets the pattern of behaviour for the whole night. So there's a lot to be said when your nights are at this point for him to be sleeping in another room and see if that alone helps him to start to settle down and sleep longer because babies make a lot of noise at night and at eight months they could talk up to 20 or 40 minutes and then roll over and put themselves back to sleep but if someone's talking in your room for 20 to 40 minutes you're most likely to get up and hope that they will go back to sleep again 
How about newborns? I was so surprised at how noisy newborns, oh, newborns are. Yeah, speaking, I mean, I know they need they to grunt. be in the room with you, but my goodness. And I, prem babies do it for months. Do they? Oh, yeah. They oh, grunt goodness. and groan and move and stretch. <laughs> and then the parent will say to me, and I look over and they're sound asleep. Yep. Yeah, and yeah. I know it. Yeah, and you're looking at them. <laughs> they're, they're sound asleep. <laughs> they're it's noisy. It's nice to watch them sleeping. It, it is. sounds creepy, but it is nice. It on. is. So you do all that hard work. You should look at them while they're asleep. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, thank you, everyone, for your questions. Thank you so much, Chris, oh, it's for always answering a pleasure. them. Um, if we didn't get to your questions, um, we do have a lot of previous episodes that are available in the Feed, Play, Love podcast. So you may find the answers to questions there. As I said, you just... Search for Feed, Play, Love wherever you get your podcasts. It might be on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. Just have a search. You'll find us. And we title all the ones of Helpline as Helpline. You'll hear Chris (laughs) on those ones. If you have a question for next week, you can email us at helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. Thanks for joining us. If you've been listening to us via podcast, but you would like to ask Chris your questions live, you can join us every Friday at 11.30am Australian Eastern Daylight Time. Just search for Babyology on Facebook and we'll be there. You can write your questions in the comments, sorry, you can write your questions in the comments section or call on 1-800-543-772. Next time on Feed, Play, Love... We're talking to TV presenter Sally Obermeter. She's had a bumpy road to motherhood. Through some of those most terrible things comes the greatest gratitude, and that's what I have. It's so um, deep. Sally also has some advice on how to handle the back-to-school chaos. I hope you'll join me for the next episode of Feed, Play, Love. This podcast is produced by Elise Cooper and hosted by me, Siobhan Hunt. Hold up. 